0: In this episode, I talk about how cross-dressing relates to the transgender community, and if you're a cross-dresser, I argue that that makes you transgender. You'll also hear a Yas of the Week that's not really Yas of the Week, but my update of the week that I don't even say in this episode, and instead I put it on Patreon as a bonus episode. You'll also hear me answer the question of the month. You'll hear Kirsten talk about bad boys in Kirsten's Corner. And lastly, you'll hear Sierra have another installment in... Sierra says, "This is the fifty-sixth episode of the Cross Yes Podcast, and it's a good one. It's a brand new month, so how about we just get it started, shall we?" Yes,
1: yes, 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 yes. yes. Cross Yes Podcast, which is how here so yes, 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 yes.
0: Welcome to the Cross Yes Podcast, the podcast that still says yes to everything related to cross dressing sexuality, and gender. I'm Giselle Mirasol, your cross-dressing host, your number one cross-dressing supporter, Giselle Mirasol, that's me, and I'm the host of this wonderful and inclusive podcast. If you're new to the podcast and you want to get more information about this podcast, I have a Crossy Ass podcast website that can be found at www.crossyasspodcast.com. That's spelled W-W-W dot C-R-O-S-S-Y-A-A-S There you'll find all the episodes, all the social media, and you'll even find ways to support the podcast and get bonus stuff, like through Patreon. And Patreon helps support us, send some money over our way, because, you know, it'll help this podcast move forward, if you will. And finally, if you're looking to share your own personal story, especially if it's cross-dressing, sexuality, or gender-related and you're wondering if you can talk to someone about it. Well, you know me, and you know the answer. It's allowed. Frickin' Yes. Reach out to me, hit me up, email me, giselle at crossyaspodcast.com That's spelled G-I-S-E-L-L-E at C-R-O-S-S-Y-A-A-S podcast.com You can also hit me up on Twitter at CrossYas or DM me on Instagram at crossyaspodcast. Happy September, everybody. I am recording this in this first week of September from Kirsten's parents' house. Because um, we're in the midst of moving. Kind of uh, kind of tough. This whole past week I've just been moving so much crap. And so much is happening in the news. So um, I want to get straight into my... YAS! Of the week! And tell you guys I don't even have a YAS of the week because so much has happened. But instead I'm going to direct you to my Patreon where I will talk about the events that have happened this past week and how I think it relates to the cross-dressing and gender and sexuality part. Um, I don't want to go too much into it because some of it can get political or, you know, there's people out there who are listening to this and will probably realize why why are you politicizing gender or cross-dressing. And I'm, I'll tell you right now I'm not. I just want to vent my feelings and can get kind of long here. So I'm just going to direct you to the patreon so go to patreon.com slash c-r-o-s-s y-a-a-s or go to our cross podcast.com website and uh, you can find the patreon links there i highly recommend you guys listen to it it's good of course because it's me because you know i'm great i am so great i am so great everybody loves me i am so great <laughs> um but I want you guys to listen to it, and if you guys have feelings or stuff about it, I want you to email me and tell me what you guys think. So yeah, go there. And that was the YAS of the week. But uh, this episode, so yeah, sorry, I don't have a YAS of the week, but this episode, I really just want to get into the cross-dressing as uh, cross-dressers fit in the transgender community, and I'm going to go in, go to that in depth. Um, even Sierra goes, to, <laughs> goes in depth about that in the Sierra Says this week so uh stay tuned for that but stay tuned uh i'm gonna answer the question the month in a bit and kirsten don't forget to listen to kirsten says uh kirsten talks about the bad boy image this is episode 56 guys we've done a lot of these episodes i hope you guys enjoy it i'm still actively trying to release stuff every wednesday in the midst of moving still so i'm gonna try my best trying to release something of content and of value to you guys so enjoy And now it's time for me to answer the question of the month. So this is a new segment, so I'm separating a separate segment for it for the
1: question of the month.
0: And a lot of responses. I won't get through all of them, but let me answer just a couple of them with a bunch of people who have reached out to the podcast and give us a give us their answers to the question which was, at what age did you know you were different in relation to cross-dressing, sexuality, and or gender? The first person who gave an answer was Megan. Megan is in, if you guys haven't heard her episode, she is in episode 48 of the podcast, so check her out. Um, She gives us this answer. For the question of the month, I would say I was probably around seven years old. That's around the time when I would sneak around and wear my sister's or mom's things, and I knew it was a wrong thing to do. So I hit it and eventually suppressed it several times. Another person in the podcast who is a Patreon member, shout out to Joy, she answers with this. Hi Giselle, it's Joy here to answer the question of the month. Hope it's not too late. I'm not sure if there was a specific age when I knew I was different. I think it was a gradual thing throughout my life, learning that cross-dressing just wasn't a widely accepted thing, especially where I lived in rural America. But if I had to put an age to it, probably seven. That year, my sister and I switched outfits for a date out of sheer curiosity. I still remember the dress, and I remember feeling so pretty and powerful. I didn't really feel different, per se. It just felt natural. And I guess that feeling never left. Thank you, Joy, and thank you, Megan. Other people who answered, one is a very avid listener of the podcast, is Miss Vicky. Miss Vicky answered the question with this. I would guess it was right around 12 or 13, puberty, That i realized i absolutely loved women's undergarments and that was not normal for a boy to like such things and i kept it deeply hidden but now with the internet and the ability to connect with like-minded folks i realized i'm not that different after all thank you miss vicky there's also miriam who's also avid listener of the podcast thank you miriam she answered i started sneaking off with my mom's pantyhose when i was four years old i kind of knew i was kind of different around the age 13. I have since embraced my gender fluidity and become much more open about cross-dressing and going out dressed i must say that my preferred dress style is super slutty i am fortunate to be in an open marriage and am dating a trans woman thank you miss miriam and thank you miss vicky couple more i want to answer with uh another person was kimberly hi kimberly i know you're listening she responded with she knew she was different for as long as she can remember mainly because she always wanted to be a girl and then as she got older She says, I loved girl clothes. Loved that there were so many things that girls had to wear. Good answer, Kim. Good answer. Last one. Let's just, let's end off with Hope. Hope from Tennessee says, I was 21 or 22 when I entered a bar in New Orleans. Not sober, of course. And eventually realized that all the girls working there, whom I thought were so hot, were transgender. So I had to admit to myself that I was most definitely attracted to them. That was definitely a turning point for me in accepting that I was different or at least open to something different. Thank you, Ho from Tennessee, and thank you to all the ladies who answered the question. I know there's a bunch of other people who answered, and I'm sorry I couldn't get to you guys, but I can hope to get to you guys in future future questions of the month. But for myself, I want to answer the question. Again, the question is, at what age did you know you were different in relation to cross-dressing, sexuality, and or gender? For avid listeners of the podcast, You guys know that I think I started cross-dressing when I was around 9 or 10, and I think I wore my aunt's undergarments. It was either her hosiery or I think, I don't think I mentioned this, but I think it was her one-piece bathing suit that was kind of colorful, like the 90s kind of colorful. It was like bright colors, like neon green and neon pink, and I remember always putting that on. It was very fun. I knew I was different when I was wearing it. I was like, this feels so good. I know it's wrong, but I don't know. This is so much more fun, and so that eventually evolved into cross-dressing in high school, cross-dressing in college, and full-on cross-dressing. Although not right now with COVID, (laughs) so I can't go out. But hey, I started a podcast and now here I am. So it's done a lot for me and I'm super happy and embrace my cross-dressing self. And that was the question of the month for August. It is now September. So my new question of the month is this. So for you guys, if you guys want to answer this, just email Giselle at crossyazpodcast.com Or tweet me at crossyass on Twitter or DM me on Instagram at Podcast. But here is the question. Super easy, super simple. The question is, where is your favorite place to shop? That's right. Where is your favorite place to shop as a crossdresser, as yourself, as not a crossdresser, as a trans person, as you? Where do you guys like to shop? I'll answer that question at the beginning of October but I'll give you guys a whole month to answer this question again the question is where is your favorite place to shop so tell me why I should shop there why do you shop there and what kind of deals I can get and all that other good stuff so yeah answer that question where is your favorite place to shop by emailing me DMing me or tweeting me and yeah hope you guys enjoyed that small segment thanks guys Okay, I wanna talk about cross-dressers and how we are transgender, or at least with regards to how the word transgender is defined. If you look at Wikipedia, and you look up the word transgender, they give you the basic definition. Transgender people have a gender identity or gender expression that differs from their sex assigned at birth. Some transgender people who desire medical assistance to transition From one sex to another identify as transsexual transgender often shortened as trans is also an umbrella term in addition to including people whose gender identity is the opposite of their assigned sex trans men and trans women it may include people who are not exclusively masculine or feminine people who are non-binary or genderqueer including bigender pangender gender fluid or agender so if you look at that first sentence transgender people have a gender identity or gender expression that differs from their sex assigned at birth. So I think and I believe that the keywords there are gender expression and being different than how you were assigned at birth. So the fact that you're gender fluid, I think basic, 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 at the heart of it, a cross-dresser tries to differ than their um, sex assigned at birth. Kirsten and I, we got into a, a good discussion about what exactly doesn't mean to be transgender, right? When I told her, babe, I think as a cross-dresser, I think that makes me transgender. And she was a little hesitant and she's like, no, it doesn't, that's totally different. And then we had a discussion and and I tried to explain to her the key word here and I shorted the definition and I said gender expression is different than how I was born, right? So I was born male, but I sometimes like to express myself as female, as Giselle, hence the podcast, hence all this. And so she was like, huh, that's a good, that's an interesting point that she never saw it like that before so she tried to best understand it like this because she's a cisgendered woman as there's someone who cross dresses and there's someone who's cross-dressing someone who cross dresses usually does it like continuously or someone who's wanting to do it versus someone who is cross-dressing like someone who um puts on clothes for one time and realizes some cisgendered person who realizes you know what I enjoyed wearing panties, wearing clothes. There's a lot of like examples where you go on YouTube and you see people who do like this transformation stuff and they go to, you know, uh, one of those transformation salons and they try it or they do it for like a report or like a news story and they do it and they're like, this is fun, but it's not for me. Whereas like if I were to do that or any other cross dresser who actually loves to do that or Would want to do that, would be, would put on those clothes, would do the whole transformation thing, and then afterwards would say, I look great as this, I'm expressing myself as female. You know what? I kind of want to continue doing this. And that makes you a cross dresser, if that makes sense. Yeah. So a cross dresser is different than someone who is just cross dressing, who only enjoys it like that one time and doesn't want to explore it further. That person is just, you know, wearing clothes of the opposite gender or that clothes aren't necessarily traditionally worn as that gender like panties or a bra right and the reason I bring this up and there's several reasons one of which is I have an upcoming interview with Veronica and she brings up the question of like hey Giselle how do you identify and of course like everybody else who would answer it not paying attention to the question I answer with I'm heterosexual I enjoy women this that this that and she came back at me she's like uh yeah that's great but my question was how do you identify and then i was like oh i see what you're saying there i conflated gender identity with sexual orientation and it's very common i've been doing lots of research because i wanted to know why i went straight to there and if you look up just gender expression on wikipedia they reference a study done by stacy horn that she did in 2007 regarding adolescents' acceptance of same-sex peers based on sexual orientation and gender expression. And she found that gay and lesbian individuals who do not express themselves as their assigned gender were seen as less acceptable. She also found that individuals who express themselves with their assigned gender typically faced less social harassment and discrimination. And then on the other hand, heterosexual males whose gender expression was more feminine than masculine were the most discriminated against which makes sense if you think about it from a logical sense. If you aren't expressing the way you were born, like if you were a male and you're cross-dressing or expressing yourself as female, you traditionally could be seen as, you know, a sissy or being different. And, you know, you, you are welcoming yourself to target to being targeted as, as prey, I guess. You're basically easy fodder for someone who can bully you and target you. And, you know, kids and adolescents, they're all trying to find themselves. And it's easy easy to target someone who's not themselves, right? So I find that like, well, that's one of the reasons that I'm bringing up this in this episode. And I've talked about it before, but I wanna get really, really into it and analyze it deeper. Um, The other reason why I bring up transgender and why cross-dressing is is a transgender concept and why we we as cross-dressers fit under the transgender spectrum or transgender idea is because I heard a podcast that is also cross-dressing related I was asked by a fellow listener Chrissy who I interview in a future episode please stay tuned to the, stay tuned for that she messages me uh, like early in the morning after work and she's like hey Giselle how are you doing I, I was like I'm great and she's like I I don't want to bring this up but I want to ask your opinion on this podcast that I heard and they bring up how bearded men aren't seen as cross dressers or aren't taken seriously as cross dressing or whatnot and I'm like, huh. So I listen to it and she gives me the clip and she tells tells me to listen to this part and it's filled with outdated ideology, which I won't I will have to admit I used to believe as well and it made it more difficult, I guess, to understand how cross dressing really is, as, you know, more knowledge comes out and more um, information's out there. You kind of learn more about it but in this particular podcast they mentioned some stuff that is definitely outdated and in some ways kind of harmful because in this podcast that isn't mine it's another podcast that i don't have to mention in here i mean you could probably listen and find other cross-dressing podcasts out there but they talk about cross-dressing like men who are bearded or who have beards and they aren't you know expressing themselves the way that women are supposed to be, that crossdressers are supposed to express themselves that way. And I don't take offense to it, but I know some crossdressers out there might, who are bearded and, you know, can't just shave their beards, but like to dress themselves as feminine and aren't doing the traditional ideas of crossdressing, right? Who aren't like showing long hair or the f- fact that they don't have beards or facial hair, like women are supposed to have these ideal forms or body images, that are sometimes unattainable. And this podcast was saying that, well, these people aren't aren't really cross-dressers, they're something else. And I'm like, that's really odd to say. And another thing they say in there is that these cross-dressers aren't, they're part of something else. There are, they they also talk about being trans and how trans people are almost always gay. And I'm like, wait, no, that doesn't make sense. Because if I'm transgender, right as a crossdresser because I fit within the transgender spectrum and you can call me trans but I'm not gay why would you say that that doesn't make sense again that might be outdated information people back then might have believed that being trans might be make you gay or that may you may want to be a woman or a man but it doesn't necessarily rank true for everybody so I, I don't know I I just don't agree with blanket statements like that and just full out there like that all trans people are this or all cross dressers are this. Um, I'm just arguing that cross dressers, by by and large, the cross dressers who like to continue cross dressing and express themselves as feminine are gender fluid, right? Because they like to go back between this gender or that gender. But if they don't, maybe they want to do something more, like transition fully and have uh, gender reassignment surgery, or they want to take hormones to express themselves to look a certain way or feel a certain way. But does that make you gay? No, not necessarily. Everyone's different, and you may express yourselves that way. And I, I don't know, I felt kind of irked by it because to just say that all people are this way, and it's like, well, what about these people? Or what about these people? I don't know. I, I'm, I, I'm trying to create a podcast that helps everyone understand or, you know, come to the podcast and understand that there are things are out there and other things are out there. I just, I would hope that people don't just think that way anymore or I want to change that idea that all trans people are this or... Because they also, on this podcast, they made cross-dressing seem different than trans people. Like, they made cross-dressers separate from transgender people. Well, it's actually the opposite. I think cross-dressers are transgender. I think that... You could argue, which I'm doing now, that cross dressers fit under the trans spectrum and it's not something that goes away, right? For a transgendered person or trans person who wants to get rid of this, like, you know, people purge their ideas away, right? People try to get rid of their cross dressing by throwing all their stuff away and saying, I'm going to get rid of this. And then, you know, wake up the next day or wake up the next year or whatever. And it's like, comes roaring back. So, and also, I don't want to make this a blanket statement that all cross-dressers are transgender. Although, I think not using cross-dressers within the transgender spectrum is kind of an outdated idea to say that you're just a cross-dresser, you're not transgender. Because I think now that we understand what transgender means, where the word gender expression is within the gen- transgender idea I think we need to come to terms with the fact that cross-dressing means I think it means that you are transgender to me at least I mean again this might be just my opinion but I think you know all cross-dressers are gender fluid unless of course you get your own kinks through wearing panties or bras or it's a sexual fetish for you which is fine but in essence, aren't you trying to replicate, unless of course you just enjoy it? But if you're not trying to replicate being feminine or any aspect of representing the female idea or represent the female expression, then you're not cross dressing and then therefore you're not gender fluid and therefore you're not transgender. But the people like myself, Sierra, and the people who come on the podcast to talk about how they can't get rid of their cross-dressing, how they purged before and they try to get rid of their female persona. Yeah, those people who need to express themselves as their female idea or who cross-dress to represent this female persona or gender that they crave or that they need to get out. Yeah, they're transgender, not the people who are just trying to get the sexual kinks out and stuff because that's, like I said, there's a difference between cross-dresser who... Continues the idea, and the person who's just cross dressing, who just wants to wear female clothing for the sake of wearing female clothing, but not necessarily be female or be feminine and express themselves outwardly as such. So, I think we need to come to the idea that within the transgender new definition of gender expression, where you're gender fluid, non binary, bigender, or you're that third spirit or whatever. I think that makes you transgender. And if you guys don't believe that, then that's fine. If you want to cross-dress with the idea that you're just cross-dressing to be a cross-dresser and you don't want to understand that, I think now cross-dresser means that you are <laughs> transgender, then okay, but eventually, now that we're having more terminology with what transgender means, and now that cross-dressers probably fit under that spectrums, fit under that definition, I don't know, guys. I think... It's true, cross-dressers are transgender. And yes, we don't know the experience of the person who is constantly, you know, badgered. Because most cross-dressers don't live 24-7 hour lives of being themselves or being their feminine persona. But I think some cross-dressers, they just can't get rid of that idea. They can't get rid of their persona, that other person that really is inside them. And eventually some of them become, you know, they transition to be their female selves 24-7. But are you saying someone like myself who experiences Giselle or tries to ex- exhibit Giselle, does that make me less of a cross-dresser or does that make me less transgender than the other person because I don't live 24-7 in that lifestyle? I don't think so. I think by exhibiting Giselle, like that still makes me, even if it's temporary or even if it's like an occasion, I, I have that, I guess there's that, I, I guess there's that privilege of being able to just be okay with my male born self and the the gender that I was given at birth and still be able to be Giselle sometimes and then be my male self most of the time, but that doesn't, doesn't mean that Giselle isn't part of me. That doesn't mean that by expressing myself as Giselle makes me any less transgender than the person who lives at 24 seven, because yes, they need to be that other person. And they were, you know, you could say, I guess the person who transitions fully is more transgender than me. we're still under the same spectrum you know we're not any less human we're still human beings and if you want to get into labels and you want to call yourself a crossdresser and not transgender that's fine but i think now with the definition of gender expression under the the umbrella of transgender i think we're i'm still transgender so um yeah that's all and if you have questions or if you want to at me or tell me your comments email me please tell me i'm wrong or show me i'm wrong that's fine i will listen and i'll bring it up to the podcast and educate me tell me what i'm wrong at and tell me how it's any different please because i want to know the struggle i want to educate myself and the cross yes listener about what it means to be transgender because i think we fit under there the crossdresser fits under there and the crossdresser who wants to exhibit the female persona female gender identity but for those who just get the kinks out of it or do it for for the sake of like masturbating and like a in pantyhose and stuff like i don't know i mean you're cross you're cross-dressing but i don't think you're gender fluid or a cross-dresser who wants to present the female persona so i don't know uh email me comments email me give me your comments let me know what you guys think thanks and now it's time for
1: kirsten's yeah, corner <laughs> testing cinnamon scones the pop and locks podcast oh wait no that's not it uh the uh, cross yes podcast
0: uh, in this week's With cross yes
1: podcast oh kirsten's yes. corner i can keep that whole thing in
0: <laughs> yeah i guess so okay uh in this week's kirsten's corner
1: kirsten's corner uh
0: can we talk, this is good. Can we talk about the, are you done? No, she's not done. Can we talk about the bad boy image and like why girls date the bad boy? Oh, okay. Yeah. I at think, first, wait, at no. first I thought you were talking about fucking, uh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about like Will Smith bad boys. Yeah. So I was like, oh, Oh wow. well,
0: no, cause uh, I think cause Kelly's, uh, my best friend, Kelly, was
1: damn putting him on blast.
0: Well, no, I, I think he was finding that like girls tend to st- still at his age, he's 30 something that, girls like the bad boy versus like I think like, that's or, some,
1: I think that, is that true okay I think when you're younger yes like especially in your teens and even 20s I think that's true because it's the sense of rebelling so whether it be because you know it could be related to your parents because they're really strict or or uh, because you've or because you've always felt like you've been like a quote-unquote good girl or like a goody two-shoes that when you see a guy or meet a guy that's like the bad boy like you want to rebel so either rebel against your life rebel against your parents whatever I think that's one thing but I think that's something I definitely think that's a younger person's game and and I don't think it's are we talking about just the bad boy but are we also talking about like the jerk because that's a that's also
0: Do you, oh so there's a difference between. a I mean, the bad I don't know if it's, a, it's
1: a, a difference, but like I think you can have like a. I guess so. I guess it's the same, but like girls love jerks. I think that's why is that uh, again? I think it's a. I think it's one a self esteem thing. I also think that it's just the uh, the unfortunate way that women are, how women are perceived and how we feel in society that we have to be told what to do like subservient or you know whatever or or again even if you're like a boss bitch in in your work or in your life like sometimes you want like that balance it's really nuanced i think it just depends i don't know because sometimes girls you know want a guy who's not that you know i think it just depends
0: but what attracts the bad boy seems to attract what type of girl
1: I think it could be anything. It could be anyone. I don't think I don't think there's a limit. What are you thinking?
0: So there's no difference between a bad boy and a jerk. So does a uh, jerk mean that he's just a dick to her and then she yeah. wants him more?
1: Yeah, because sometimes I think it's like, uh, it's like the way that he treats you is a jerk, but a bad boy is also someone who's like, maybe like gets this is me from like reading, like, you know, all my romance novels and whatever, like maybe someone who's either treats everybody like a, he's dick, or he's like, you know, fucking rides a motorcycle like James Dean vibes, you know, mm. like a bad boy, but he's like, really like, nice at heart. You know?
0: Is it so is it the idea that a girl can change that? Yeah, guy? yeah, that's
1: you know, good point. I forgot about that. Yeah, that too. And again, I think that's a young person's a, a lot of the times it's a young person's mentality where women think that, that she can change a guy, which I don't think is true.
0: So does the nice guy finish last? I don't think that's true. Is ring true? No.
1: Okay. Do you well as your I was always guy a nice self, guy. I was never Well, do you think you finish last?
0: I mean uh, I, I, I... <laughs> Well what does that mean when a nice guy finishes last? That I think he, because the...
1: it, because it's the antithesis of the jerk or the bad boy's she's making fun of it I said antithesis but it's it's like the it's like the it is the antithesis of the bad boy where like girls fall in love with that because they want to change them with nice guys. It's like boring or whatever and I've seen that happen like i've I've definitely seen that happen in in life what do you mean like where a, someone I know is dating someone who's really nice like he's a really nice guy oh my god he's so sweet blah 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 but she's just not into him because he's like it's boring or whatever safe or safe
0: so so bad boys or jerks are riskier risky and exciting yeah interesting and why is that attractive
1: i again i don't know i think like when i was younger like i if you ask any of my friends they know that i like jerks I, I don't know. And for, I think for me, it's because I've always grown up, like, being teased. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if that's just something that I'm comfortable with. I've always been the one that's, like, kind of the butt of the joke. And not in a, like, oh, that's, like, kind of sad. But, like, just I've always been teased. And, like, I think it's just, like, something that's comforting to me. But I think, to me, there's, like, a limit between, like, someone who's kind of a jerk and someone who's, like, a real asshole.
0: Yeah. So then why is it, like, I guess with our, my best friend, Kelly, mm-hmm. like, he has to deal with, like, these jerks that are, like, getting the girl. Mm. And so then, like, these girls who grow up with dating just jerks or assholes, like, then they come to Kelly, who's, like, been a nice dude forever. Yeah. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, what, you're supposed to be good to me or whatever? Like, how, how does a guy deal with that?
1: Well, like, I think, I think, one, I feel like maybe he shouldn't date those girls yet because a Sorry Kelly, but like my issue with or my my problem with dating before is that a lot of guys that I would want to date or guys who are around my age don't want to date girls their age because they want someone younger and someone either more inexperienced or whatever like skinnier, prettier, younger, whatever. And those girls aren't grown up yet. Those girls aren't ready to commit. They're, you know what I mean? Like i i think that's very common and so like if you ask any of my friends who are single the issue is that a lot of these guys are jerks or because the guys their age are jerks how old are these how old or, are your friends well, depends. You say like, like my maybe my late 20 friends hmm. they all, all of those guys a lot of the guys i don't mean to generalize i'm sorry want to date girls who are younger and so i think so these guys go for the younger girls who aren't mature who haven't either experienced in their life that guys are great like some guys are great some guys are really nice but I think everyone just kind of is jaded. So girls who are around my age, so in their whether it be late twenties or early thirties, they're jaded because the people that they date aren't don't want to date them.
0: Mm-hmm. So then, does a guy have to be a jerk? No. In order to date? No. I guess young girls like does no. He if have- the
1: guy is a jerk at heart, then do you know what I mean? Like I don't know. Like my advice to Kelly is be himself, and he's gonna find someone that deserves him you know because Kelly's great mm-hmm. I think that if he's finding girls that don't want to date him because he's a nice guy and they don't trust that then either he if he really likes them he has to work at it because he's suffering the the experience of his species you know mm-hmm. or he has to find a girl who knows her shit who has grown up who's knows who she is and knows what she wants
0: mm. So then, how does a how does a guy who's a nice dude compete in a world where girls who are in their late twenties or mid twenties, and then they want a relationship with somebody, but they're all they've known is jerks. You know, all they've known is like, oh, this guy's treated me like shit, and then here comes a nice guy. It's like I'll treat you better, like. How I she mean, tr- I think
1: he just—you really have to try. Like, you really have to win someone's heart and win their trust. Like, w- let's talk about us. Did you do you think that I was worried that you weren't really a nice guy, or do you think I didn't trust you?
2: Hmm.
0: I think initially, yeah, you didn't, because you're like, oh, why is this guy? You thought it was perfect, pretty much, right? And then I remember one time.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay.
0: I mean, real talk though. <laughs> but and then like maybe a month out, and then I kind of was like. Hey, I don't think I can do this. You okay, guys? You were, I don't want to talk about that. And then so you were like, hard. uh, because you thought I ever I either had a kid or I was married before, or
1: it's fine if you were either of those things, but you know what I mean. But
0: would I have been a jerk to like lead you? I guess I, the other thing is like, do, do jerks or bad boys like lead you on or think like, yeah,
1: 100, you know, my history. The thing is, I so again, so the reason I brought it up asking about us is because you know my history where I have at least dated and or have had a relationship of some sort with someone who was like an absolute dick and, and and do you and how much? do you think that has affected me now? Mm -hmm. But I don't think it stopped me from recognizing you as a good person, you know? So I think it's really just about finding or meeting someone who knows themselves and knows, and and you have to be genuine too. Like, again, not putting Kelly on blast, but is he looking for a relationship? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, like that's, if he's not look. you know what I mean? Like maybe that's something that, if I don't know if that's, like, can I say that? Kelly's not-
0: Yeah, uh, we all know he's trying. So to
1: Kelly's not looking for a relationship, so he can't complain about about girls. Even if he's a nice guy, he's he's still not looking for a relationship. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. either the girl can recognize that, or and if if they can't, then he's you know whether or not mm-hmm. he's being dishonest or not, it's it's about the intention. And like I feel like people can see that.
0: So how does a guy stop being a jerk, or how does a how does a girl get away from like wanting that, like, do you think a guy needs to be a jerk in order to think? Like, how do we stop this? Or is it necessary to even have the jerk mentality, or a dude is a douche, or whatever? You know, um, like why are guys douches? Like that's my. That's like,
1: because they are. You know? And so then, how do you? Because they were they. You are asking me why guys are douches? Like we why live are... in a world where guys, men, whatever race they are, feel that they are superior, and then and then going to even within that race. They still feel that they're superior like look at look at okay obviously like white males are the highest of high and then even in like with everything going on with black lives matter you know you see how many how many articles or tweets or whatever that talks about how how black men are not there for black women mm-hmm. so it's like even in in where a place where the black community feels like they're lower than everybody else or or that's how they're perceived even within that system that community women are seen lower than that mm. and so i think that's even with the asian community women are seen as subservient or seen as mm. that they have to it's very pa- patriarchal mm. and that goes for religion too you know like mm. we live in a man's world and so i think that when men complain about dating i honestly think it's bullshit. Like I know, guys have talked about how it's hard time a hard time for girls to find dates or, or mm. guys to find dates, guys to you know get matched online or whatever. I think it's bullshit.
0: Hmm.
1: Why? Because I think women have a much harder time, and it's so much it's so unsafe too. We're mm. we're so vulnerable, and I think that uh guys look around, you know, just like I don't know, step out of yourself sometimes, and just kind of think of think about what it's like for women to date. And like if if guys are worried about all the jerks that this girl has dated and it's affecting him, well, think about that girl and all the jerks that she's dated, you know? Mm. Like that's frustrating. I don't know, so I'd say about that.
0: Mm. Okay, so to not be a jerk, just treat everybody equally and learn about the person. Uh, I don't know, it's not even
1: treat everybody equally, but treat everybody how you wanna be treated. With respect, respect and, and kindness and stuff. La la, all that. Cool, cool. Golden rule and whatnot.
0: Pretty good, pretty good. Well, thank you. That was Kirsten's Corner.
1: Kirsten's Corner.
0: And it's now time for everyone's favorite segment,
2: Sierra Says. In this week's Sierra Says... I continue with the conversation that Giselle began earlier related to the position of cross-dressing within the broader transgender community. And in particular, in this segment, I will say a big yes queen to asserting, using, and owning inclusive definitions within the cross-dressing community. And a big nah girl to practices of gatekeeping, exclusion, and misunderstanding which are unfortunately more common than we would like to imagine within our community. A good starting point for this discussion is once again revisiting the definition of the term transgender. To quote Megan Davidson, who wrote in the journal Sexuality Research and Social Policy in December 2007, Quote, the term transgender has no singular fixed meaning, but is instead currently conceptualized both by scholars and activists as inclusive of the identities and experiences of some or perhaps all gender variant, gender or sex changing, gender blending, and gender bending people. This broad statement reflects the current academic and social consensus about who belongs to the transgender community. And there is, as I'm sure many of you are aware, the concept of the transgender umbrella, which is meant to be representative of an encompassing community that involves anyone who finds that their gender identity or gender expression differ from the sex that they were assigned at birth, or the expectations associated with the sex that they were assigned at birth. Within this context, cross-dressing is widely regarded as a behavior that reflects gender expression and therefore people who identify as cross-dressers or people for whom cross-dressing is a meaningful expression of gender identity would be welcome in the transgender community that's not to say though that there has not been significant contention about who belongs as valid members of the transgender community particularly as this umbrella conceptualization of the transgender community was evolving throughout the 1990s There was significant contention about essentially how wide that umbrella should be and how inclusive the transgender community should be, as there was also some rejection of the transgender label from some organizations and some groups of people. Writing in the International Journal of Sexuality and Gender Studies in 2002, K. L. Brode, among other things, discussed the evolution of transgender collective identity. And in this discussion, they identified several key currents related to inclusion and exclusion, one of which is transsexual separatism. This is a trend that still continues to this day among some members of the transgender community who identify as transsexual, who believe that the term transgender, quote, erases the very real experience of changing sex and not simply gender, unquote. I mention this simply to emphasize the fact that contention remains even today about who does belong underneath that broader transgender umbrella. What I found perhaps most interesting though, as it pertains to the self-identifying cross-dressing community, is that not only was conversation present about excluding others from the transgender community, but there was actually consideration of self-exclusion from the transgender community. As Broad states, quote, some male to female cross-dressing groups embraced the term transgender, while others rejected it, unquote. And Broad attributes this to the fact that to be a member of the transgender community is to, quote, face stigma and pathologize labels from the medical community, unquote, among other considerations. So while it is commonly understood today in the academic understanding and the broader social understanding of the transgender umbrella that cross-dressers belong under that umbrella, there has been a long-standing current within the cross-dressing community expressing some discomfort with that transgender label, and in some cases even rejecting that label and redefining the term crossdresser or crossdressing in a way that separates the act of crossdressing or the identification that one might have as a crossdresser from a transgender identity. I was reminded of this when listening to a recently released podcast episode, the same episode that Giselle mentioned earlier in this episode. And what I heard in this episode were some ideas that made me feel uncomfortable and troubled me in the sense that they did not reflect my understanding of the inclusive cross-dressing and transgender community of which I am a part. Let's start by discussing the understanding of where the cross-dressing community falls in relation to the transgender community. Of course, as I've mentioned several times, the conventional understanding and the broad understanding today is that the cross-dressing community falls within the transgender umbrella. But when discussing what I believe they were trying to refer to as the transgender umbrella, essentially what they defined as a hierarchy chart showing things coming off of crossdresser and other identities kind of linked to one another, the host specifically mentioned that she sees crossdressers as being separate from the broader transgender community, primarily because they don't wish to reject their male identities or they don't wish to fully transition. It would be my interpretation of that statement. And she even went so far as to say that if we are to separate cross-dressing from the remainder of that chart, that the vast majority of that chart is the trans side or the transgender side, which, quote, generally speaking, is gay, unquote. That statement truly took me aback, and I found it to be profoundly troubling and reflective of a dangerous tendency that exists in some situations for people to conflate sexual orientation and gender identity. Conflation of sexual orientation and gender identity has so frequently been used to demonize members of the transgender community, and has so frequently been used in anti-trans and transphobic literature, propaganda, and other media to bring down members of the transgender community rather than uplift us. So let's at least remain unified in the understanding that conflation of sexual orientation and gender identity is always non-constructive and inappropriate. So if we go back to defining a transgender person as a person whose gender identity or gender expression differs from the expectations associated with the sex they were assigned at birth, then cross-dressing as a gender expression certainly would qualify cross-dressing to fall within the transgender umbrella. There is no transition litmus test. There is no litmus test associated with wanting to fully become a woman in order for one to be a member of the transgender community. For me, cross-dressing is an authentic and necessary expression of my gender identity, and it is for many other transgender and gender-fluid people as well. And people who cross-dress as an expression of gender identity should feel as though they belong within the transgender community, and should embrace cross-dressing as an expression of gender identity. That's not to say that it's not acceptable, of course, to view and treat cross-dressing as a hobby, something you really enjoy doing, or that it's unacceptable to enjoy cross-dressing from a sexual perspective. But for those people who truly believe that they're engaging in cross-dressing as an expression of their gender identity, I would hope that they feel that they have a home and that they belong within the transgender community if it is a label, if it is a place that they wish to belong, and if it's a place where they would find comfort belonging. In this episode, there was also a discussion of what should be considered cross-dressing. And the example that was discussed is, would a person who is maybe sporting a full beard and presenting masculine in some ways be considered a crossdresser? In response to this, the host said, quote, I don't see that in the cross-dressing side, unquote. The discussion went on to touch upon what really qualifies as cross-dressing, and the consensus seemed to be that it was an emulation of women or an emulation of femininity. And this canon should be viewed as quite problematic because there is no standard of femininity or standard of womanhood that a crossdresser needs to emulate in order to succeed at what they're doing, and in order for what they're doing to be considered cross-dressing. To put some form of idealized femininity on a pedestal is quite misogynistic, really. And along those lines, to say that a person with a beard wearing a dress cannot be presenting as a woman is to outright dismiss many women who do have facial hair. Not to mention the many trans people, and I'm including uh, cross dressers in that group, who have facial hair and may not want it and who can. At sometimes struggle with gender dysphoria as a result of their facial hair. Simply put, to me, this feels like applying unnecessary litmus tests and really gatekeeping the cross-dressing community to keep it separate from the transgender community for reasons I find simply hard to understand. One final point is that the host mentioned that when explaining our gender identity to other people, Crossdresser is a much more palatable term to other people than transgender. And that raises an important question. Should we be defining ourselves primarily for the convenience and the comfort of others? I would say certainly not. And there are different perspectives on this, but I personally take great pride in the labels that I use to describe my gender identity and to say that I should change how I describe myself for the comfort or the convenience of others, is to say that my identity is suboptimal in some way. And I think we can do better. All that said, it's clear that the cross dressing community is not monolithic, that different people within the community want to define themselves in different ways and are more willing or less willing to accept certain labels depending on how they personally identify. And that is to be encouraged. People should find and accept the labels that make them feel at home in their gender identity and expression. The situation where this can become a bit more problematic is when labels are used for gatekeeping, when labels have litmus tests associated with them, and when there is considerable misunderstanding of the community developed as a result of some of those practices. Maybe we can conclude today by putting forth an inclusive definition for the term crossdresser. I would argue that a crossdresser should be defined as being anyone who regularly wears or desires to wear clothing that is not typically associated with the sex they were assigned at birth. This definition is inclusive of anyone who crossdresses for the purpose of gender expression, as well as anyone who engages in crossdressing as a hobby or a kink. Any narrower definitions run the risk of being unnecessarily exclusionary. So this has been Sierra Says, where today I say nah girl to gatekeeping, exclusion, and misunderstanding. And yes, Queen, to asserting, using, and owning inclusive definitions within the cross-dressing community. And that's how Sierra sees it.
0: And finally, the miscellany yeah! And that's it for this week's episode, guys, where, uh, yeah, I directed you guys to reach out to the Patreon for my updates on this week about BLM, uh, the Jacob Blake stuff, the Kyle Rittenhouse stuff, and race issues, because, you know, I want to talk about people and how that all relates to the gender spectrum and cross-dressing and sexuality. You also heard my answers to the question of the month and um, my own arguments on why crossdressers are transgender and you heard kirsten talk about the bad boy image and lastly you heard sierra says on the same old stuff that i was talking about yeah that's it for this week still in the midst of moving moving is a bitch guys it sucks but next week i will come at you with the final part of adelina's talk with me and then uh i'll come on um and hopefully have some more interesting stuff for you guys to hear but uh, that's all yeah hope you guys enjoy the Start of your September, it's still hot, it's still hot in here in California. Hopefully, you guys are keeping cool and hopefully, you guys are uh, staying sane, uh, even if we're still quarantining, which sucks. But yeah, that's us in America. <laughs> Hope you guys have a great rest of your week, and as always, keep it fresh, stay blessed, and remember, you're gorgeous. again guys I'm not here to diagnose or treat anything I'm just here to share my story have others come on the podcast to share their story to help you learn about the world of cross-dressing sexuality and gender a bit more